everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the smash hit podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, shares her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the Sandra O oh thriller, Killing Eve. Let's bring Mom in now. Mom, I stumbled a little bit uh, there because I realized I have an, there's another Sandra. We're doing another Sandra. Oh, yeah. Another, and it's a thriller again, although thriller is really, it's, this is a show that kind of defies genre. Yeah. So I've been calling it a spy thriller, but that's, that doesn't really capture it. Well, they would like to be called that, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Maybe it's a little preview of our discussion for later. Uh, but for now, Mom, how are things with you? Good. Good. We have we have a number of entries to our slogan contest. Oh, we do? We do. I want to remind people they have one week left. Uh, about one week. January 24th yeah. is the deadline. Honestly, if you get it in January 25th or 26th, I'm not going to turn my nose up at it. That's right. But, That's right. This is not the lottery. <laughs> right. But January 24th is the quote-unquote official deadline for you to come up with a little slogan for the podcast that maybe I'll read at the top of the show a few times. That's all. Just come up with a slogan that captures the podcast and email it to popmomslogan at ological.net. This is really the hardest part of the contest is getting the email address right. <laughs> It's pop mom, pop mom slogan at ological.net. Just send us your slogan, say hello, whatever. We love to hear from you for the slogan that is chosen as mom's favorite. We'll give you a fabulous prize. Mom, tell us what the prize is. It is an advent calendar from Johnny Cupcakes, which is based in Boston. And it is an advent calendar box of pins, which to me means nothing. But if you're, you know, sort of with it, it's like those pins that you put on your backpack and stuff like that. That's that is a very cool prize. I did not know that Johnny Cupcakes is based in Boston. Is it like a Newbury Street thing? Yeah. Oh, how cool. Okay, yeah. so an advent calendar. Now, you may be saying advent calendar. So I got to wait the whole year. Well, as mom explained on the last episode. <laughs> Because the advent calendar only goes up to 25 or 24, where does it stop? I, I don't know. In any I've case. I've only ever bought them for people. I've never used one. <laughs> In any case, if you can do it any month. You'll, you will That's not right. run out of, even February, you will not run out of days in the month. So That's right. Treat yourself to a month of pins by sending a slogan to popmomslogan at ological.net. That's the contest. Mom, I hear you were involved in a bit of an accident recently. I was. It was so embarrassing. We went to the airport the other night. I don't drive at night usually because I think it's very difficult and it's hard to see. Yes. You know, we live in we live in New Hampshire. There's yeah. many areas that are not illuminated very well. Many but, areas. Yeah. Anyway, we had picked old Snook up at the uh, airport. <laughs> And uh, as I was coming around the corner, where do you know where D'Angelo's is? D'Angelo. Yes, I know where <laughs> I know where D'Angelo is. <laughs> we'll have to explain that in a second, but go ahead. And uh, apparently, I hit the curb, and I hit it really good, really hard, and I damaged my tire. And in a matter of minutes, you know, the lights were all coming on, and 
Uh, it was just a real disaster. And so we pulled into a gas station where Brooke changed the tire. And at one point, you know, I just get very nervous and, and uh, it was my fault entirely. And, you know, dad was hungry. So, you know what that was like? Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, he was grumpy is what she's saying for yeah. the listeners. They probably guessed, but he was being a grouch, I imagine. A very big grouch. And I turned to him and I said, gee, it's a good thing we had Brooke with us to change the tire which I thought was just hilarious. And I said, do you you get that? Do you get the irony in that? And he said, no. And I thought, I could drop this, or I could just explain it to him, which I did. And he did not (laughs) think it was funny at all. Yeah, things are rarely funny uh, after they're explained, and I think especially in this case, when you were making a light of, uh, he can change a tire, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but we wouldn't have even been there if we hadn't been down there to pick him up. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so maybe maybe it was a little too Maybe it wasn't that for, funny. Yeah. For any, oh, come on. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. It's like it's like the cartoon when Charlie Brown goes to the store and buys a wastebasket and he brings it home and he takes it out of the bag and puts it on the floor. And then he looks at the bag and he crumples it up and puts it in the trash can. It's funny like that. <laughs> well, I would dispute how funny that is, uh, too. But in any case. Oh, my God. Yeah. This podcast is going to stink. Now, let's. <laughs> now, D'Angelo and D'Angelo's. This oh, is a, this is oh a long God. ongoing fight between you and me. The name, there's this chain of sandwich places in, uh, it's just in New England, right? Like Massachusetts and so, New Hampshire. I think I'm not sure. I think so. Called D'Angelo. Except everybody calls it D'Angelo's. And for some reason, at uh, you know, when I was a teenager, I decided that this drove me crazy and insisted on the proper pronunciation of simply D'Angelo. And so Which it became... all crazy. Yeah, so it became a bit of a uh, um, cold war in the family. Because I think it's, you say, I'm going to... Wendy's. I'm going to... Well, Wendy's is the name of the place. So is McDonald's. That's what they're actually called. But D'Angelo, and boy, they've never gotten a plug like this. Uh, I mean, when was the last time D'Angelo advertised? But yeah, D'Angelo is just D'Angelo. Well, the saga continues. That's all I can say. But what did you think about Trump serving the Clemson team fast food? Well, when, you know, when the government's not working, what are you going to do? I don't know. Well, I think it was terrible. You know, people made a big deal out of it, but, you know, he's tearing families apart at the border. So the fast food thing, I don't know. Like, every, I couldn't believe what a big deal that was, because just like, oh, this affront to the dignity of the office. I'm just like, hey, <laughs> look around. <laughs> Have you read a newspaper in the past yeah. couple of years? It just, True. I get that it was an image that captured, you know, so much of what we find... Um, gross about Trump, but I also found it kind of... Not much of a story. Well, what was the thing with Hamburger? <laughs> well, what... He sent out a tweet. He just misspelled Hamburger on a tweet. He's oh, misspelled it. Oh. Hamburger. H-A-M-B-E-R-D-E-R. Again, I just feel like these... I get that we all have to laugh, and yes, it was a funny image, but it's just like, why is this the thing that becomes... 
a phenomenon for the day. But that's how long anything lasts is a day, and then we're on to the next atrocity. Yeah. So right. that's that's right. no use in dwelling that's on right. it. And, and at least we've all stopped saying, oh, guy, well, at least it can't get any worse. At least we all stopped saying that. <laughs> we know it can. And, right, that's and right. Will. Yeah. You just don't know what form it's going to take. All right. All right, why are we not at PodCon? <laughs> We're moving on now, I take it. Um, why do you want to be at PodCon, which I don't, I don't really know what it is. but Well, I don't really know what it is either, but I know that the Jackbox people are there. Oh, Arnie and friends? Yes. If you don't know, uh, Mom and I are big fans of the Jackbox games. Jackbox Party Pack 5, in fact, just came out a little while ago, a couple months ago, I think. And uh, it's very good. The funnest stuff you you could do with your family is this Jackbox games. Very fun. It's so much fun. And the best part of it is... You know, you download it on your PlayStation or your Apple TV or what have you. They're on a bunch of different platforms, and you don't need a bunch of controllers because you use your phones as the controller, which is, to me, one of the greatest ideas. Because always, remember when we used to play that buzz game on the PlayStation, and we'd have to dig out the buzzers and find batteries for all of them, and, oh, (laughs) God, it was an hour before you could even play the game. Jackbox, you're ready to go. Speaking of plugs, we're giving this... uh, Sarah's a good plug, but Arnie Niekamp, who works on the Jackbox games, also uh, hosts a podcast called The Magic, what is it, Mom? Tavern. Magic Tavern. Very popular. And you, Mom, wanted to go to PodCon in Seattle, Washington um, to to meet him, is that right? Well, I thought that would be fun, and we could have a booth of our own and, and get sponsors. A, you want a booth? Well, isn't that what you would go there for? I don't know what it is, really, but I, but I, I'm assuming that you go and say, "Look, this is us. Watch, listen to our podcast, sponsor us." Huh? Maybe so. I don't know. It looks like there's a lot of talks, a lot of presentations from podcast creators offering their oh. insights and tips, I guess, uh, and of course, plenty of live recordings. Um, I have no interest in this. You know, I, I do, do they go to get sponsors? I don't know why they go. Is it just like, hey, we're all podcasters? I don't understand. I don't know either. I'd never heard of it before you asked me w- why we weren't there. And all right, all right, but let me just ask you one question. Yes. If it was to go and get sponsors, who would you want as a sponsor? Oof. I've thought about this, and I know who I want. Who would I want as a sponsor? Um, the Buzzer Network. I would want Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> Why? Because I like Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> you funny? <laughs> what kind of choice? <laughs> you never, I've never that. seen you drink Yoo-Hoo in my life. Well, that's because it's not really good for you. You know it's made in Chicago, right? (laughs) 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 Is that why you brought it up? To make me say that? (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Tell people why, why why that happened. You tell. You tell. Well, we were out getting pizza, and um, 
mom's mom, who we knew as Graham. <laughs> I don't even know. It's hard to tell the story because it's. I don't know why it's so funny. But we were just sitting there eating pizza, and just out of nowhere, Graham just offers up. Did you know YooHoo is made in Chicago? And that's it. That was it. We weren't talking about YooHoo. We weren't talking about Chicago. But she. Where were we drinking it? <laughs> It's so and she, but she brings it up as if it is just a, a thunderclap from the heavens. Like we're all yeah. going to be like, "What?" Yeah. It's like the linchpin in the conversation, and it just completely floored everyone into silence. So it became a running joke in the um, in the family at when the, there was a lull in the conversation. To say, hey, did you know you who was made in Chicago? <laughs> so when you brought that up as a sponsor, Mom, I thought for sure that's what you were angling at. Well, that that certainly is one of the things um, that I was thinking about because from time to time I do think of you who as a drink that I do like, but it's kind of hard to find. And also mm. I just saw it on Seinfeld in the carton. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I yeah. only see it in the bottle anymore. And and it used to come in strawberry, too. Ugh. It's, you know, one time, um, I think I was like 12 or 13, and I got the bright idea to, instead of milk, pour strawberry Yoohoo into a bowl of Crispix cereal, mm. which is like Chex. If you're, I don't even know if they make Crispix anymore, but after that, uh, I made it like three bites in, and after that, I couldn't, I've never had <laughs> strawberry Yoohoo or Crispix ever since ever. then it yeah. was the most disgusting maybe the most disgusting thing i've ever eaten oh awful and then and then they came out with cereal milk so there you go it's practically the same thing yeah, yeah that's true um but sure yeah we could get you as a sponsor i could do here's here's my live read for you who aren't you tired of putting the syrup in the milk yourself well <laughs> now there's you who chocolate milk just drink it straight from the bottle and did you know it's made in Chicago. That's YooHoo, available at your local beverage retailer. There you go. Right? There you go. Okay. I love it. YooHoo people that, call us. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> what wouldn't do you that need, be fun? What do you need a sponsor for? You know, we give the podcast to people. I shouldn't say this because maybe someday we will have sponsors, but I, we give the podcast to people and it is just unfiltered mom and John. There's no breaks. Uh, nope. Nothing for people to fast forward through. Although, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they fast forward through this part. And at this point, I can't say I would blame them. But how would they know how long we nattered on about it? Yeah, that's right. They have to stop and check every once in a while. That's right. Oh, my God. Are they still talking about you? Who? Yeah. Well, if you're, we at, are. if you're at PodCon this weekend, we salute you. And we hope you have a great time. And yeah. I have no interest in going to that ever. Okay. Even if it was in Chicago? Where Yoohoo is made? Yeah, I Where guess if it were in Chicago and we could get some Yoohoo, then then yeah. Okay. We have to find out what it is first. <laughs> we'll get right on that. Because maybe it's, maybe it's like like uh, sex trafficking or something. It's a, a ruse no, for no. that. No, let's not say that. I, I looked at the webpage and there's plenty of talented and highly reputable uh, podcast creators among the featured guests. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I got to talk to you about something. Ask you a question. 
I was, you know, I did the basement breakdown videos for Better Call Saul, right? Yes. But we were all gearing up to do them uh, again for True Detective season three, which just premiered on HBO. Yes. And I watched the opening night of True Detective, and I said to my O-Logical collaborators, boy, I'm really eager to get back to the basement breakdowns, but I don't have a lot to say about this show. And, you know, it was tough for me, Mom, because it's about a little boy and a little girl who are abducted, and this um, this case that the detective pursues for, for years and years. And there was a scene toward the end of the first episode where... Uh, spoiler if you haven't seen it yet I'll say this quickly but we see the little boy's corpse and I just could not if the show were marvelous and if we're as aesthetically rich and interesting as Better Call Saul I would have no problem talking about it Um, but because it was um, to my eyes aside from the lead performance a pretty standard show the writing was very um I don't know, familiar cookie-cutter pulp cop stuff. I just said, you know, I don't have the energy to think about this dead little boy for 10 weeks. I don't have the energy to bring it for this show. You know, just if it's going to be just okay, I can't spend my time in this world for 10 weeks. And I started to that same night that I was sort of demoralized by True Detective and called off the basement breakdown and said, let's find another show to talk about or another series to do. Um, Then we sat down to watch Killing Eve and, you know, she kills someone in the first five minutes and she's getting set to murder the guy in gruesome fashion, the assassin in the show, that is. I just, Anna looked at me and she saw the look on my face and just basically asked me if I wanted to watch something else. And I said, yes, but... All of this is to ask, uh, you think I can still be a pop culture critic? Because I feel like since I've had kids, I'm so sensitive to um, killing and death, especially when it comes to children. But just in general, I don't know if I can function in parts of the culture anymore because I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I let me say this to you. I think, uh, I think that's perfectly normal. I think... If the state of affairs that we are actually living our daily lives in wasn't in such disarray, yeah. you would have more uh, energy for the uglier side of life. But the reality is having two little children and coincidentally having a daughter with the same name as the... yeah. As the hero of this show, yeah. Rubs against uh, everything that seems wrong, and it just doesn't leave a barrier. There's no barrier there. It's just kind of all out on the table, and it's too much. Yeah, you know, it's... Yeah. Thank you. And it it is the state of the world, too. And I remember when we reviewed um, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, I had a real... I had trouble with that one. Too. And mm. I think I talked about it on the podcast how that came out around the same time as we started getting the news of these awful family separations at the border and these yeah. children, I mean, children have died in these facilities yeah. and they're being ab- abused brutally. Yeah. And this all on top of the horror of just being yanked away from everything they know. 
it was really hard for me to go from reading about that news to, okay, let's go USA, fight those terrorists around the world with your hero, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And I just think, again, it's time to be very cautious about what you let into your head. Don't, you know, just because it's TV, it isn't just TV anymore. It's the state of the world that we never thought we would be seeing here in the United States. And how much can you tolerate? How much should you tolerate is is even more important. Yeah. Which is probably a lot less than you think. And and boy, the comedies are so abysmal. Maybe it's just time to get out reruns of The Office and Seinfeld and <laughs> and and watch sports. They, I, I just that's what I think. They are rough because we've been looking. Let me tell the listeners: like we're on the lookout. We surveyed all the new comedies that came out in the fall, and you know the new stuff that sort of trickled down in the winter. And yeah. Oof, it's hard to find stuff. But I like how you make it about self-care. I think that's a great point, Mom. And I, it, that goes for the listeners, too. Take care of yourself. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, maybe it's time to visit the library again and, and, uh, and find the joy of, of reading. And well, you very often recommend a book at the end of the show. I do. And I believe you have another book recommendation teed up for today, right? I do. So we'd better move along uh, right. to... Killing Eve, and yes, this was a little tough for me too because <laughs> yeah, I was uh, surprised. Eve is my tiny baby girl who is so precious to me. So I do not want to think about killing Eve, but I've managed to separate the two worlds in my head. No self care necessary here. Okay. All right. So shall we forge ahead and talk about it? Yes, we should. Based on the codename Villanelle series of books, Killing Eve is a spy thriller of sorts that debuted last spring on BBC America, a channel typically reserved for reruns of Planet Earth and Star Trek. Sandra O oh stars, see Sandra, I looked it up, I checked to make yeah. sure I'd get it right. Sandra O oh stars as Eve Palastri, a talented British intelligence analyst who grows consumed with tracking down an international assassin known as Villanelle. And in short order, Villanelle, played by Jodie Comer, develops her own obsession with Eve in return. Here's a clip. How would you kill me if you could? Um, I don't know. Push you down the stairs? No, seriously. They, they come for you immediately. <laughs> I don't know. Flatter you to death. Okay. How would you kill me? I'd paralyze you with saxotoxin and suffocate you in your sleep. Chop you into the smallest bits I could manage. Boil you down, put you in a blender and take you to work in a flask and flush you down a restaurant toilet. You've really thought about that. Smart, huh? Very. Sexy? Hugely. Do you want supper? Ooh, yes. Thank you. Okay. Love you. Love you. Killing Eve is available for streaming on Hulu, and you can also buy episodes elsewhere, such as iTunes and Amazon. You'll find it. Mom, were you transported to Eden as you watched Killing Eve? Get it? No. Adam and Eve, Eden. Oh, Adam and Eve, yeah. Oh, that's a good one, Johnny. Okay. But if you have to explain it, I guess it is. Yeah. Well, maybe right. I'm just a dope. That's right. Uh, so the question is, did you like the show? The question is, is a difficult one to answer because after watching two episodes, I was all in. Mm. Um, it's very tense. Mm-hmm. The tension really builds. Um, I didn't love Sandra O. Oh, at the very beginning, maybe the beginning two episodes, she was just too 
fast talking and yeah. Yeah. I didn't really care for her, but things seem to have calmed down a little bit. Given that, it's now at a point where it doesn't make sense to me. This show doesn't make sense to me. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I'm not sure where you are, but there, be, there comes a point where, what is her name? The Villanelle girl? Villanelle. Villanelle. You she, want to know what her actual name is? We no. can just refer to her as Villanelle, right? Okay. Yeah. So she is a psychopathic killer Mm -hmm. and she's working under the auspices of i don't know who really right it's Um, mysterious shadowy but she's very charming you know she's very attractive so that that gives her a lot of leeway to get into places where she she might not and Mm -hmm. to have people actually listen to her but there comes a point where she breaks into sandra O's house, Eve Pulaski's house, mm-hmm. and has her serve her dinner. And so at this point, I'm thinking, uh, why didn't she just kill her? And, and also, Eve Pulaski, how clever is she? Because she did not, she ended up serving her shepherd's pie and having her leave her house. So I, at that point, was very confused as to what our end end game is. Well, I think that the reason I called it a spy thriller of sorts is that the spy thriller trappings are, to me, really um, just that, trappings for the real story of two highly talented, highly intelligent women who are bored with what you would think would be their very exciting lives. Sandra yeah. Oh is involved in intelligence, international intelligence, and Villanelle is an assassin. I mean, these seem like very, this is the stuff of drama, right? It's the stuff of a thriller. And yet, okay, they're bored, um, and they find each other through um, this strange connection, and... They can't let go of the intrigue. And I think that's the real story here in Killing Eve. Um, and the first few episodes, and I am, I'm not even halfway through the season, so I'm, you're, you're farther along than I am. But that, to me, is the, is the setup here. It's really about these two women and how, they, how their obsession with each other manifests itself in bizarre ways. Right, in bizarre ways. And let me tell you, that's where they've lost me because, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're bored with your life, then, you know, get a new profession because uh, Sandra Oh has been fired. So she has no job. Um, well, she's been fired, but she was placed on this secret task force, right? Again, I'm further along than you. Okay. And. Okay. It's turning into a circle. It's not a journey. It's turned into it's turning into a circle. So they're asking you to buy everything they're selling. And they're selling you quite a lot at this point. And it's it's just difficult to buy it all. It's it's not as it doesn't stay as clever as it was in the beginning. And again, if you're having dinner in your home with a, with this psychopath and serving 
serving her a meal leftovers out of your refrigerator and she's saying thank you and and but now we're going to get back to the game it's like it's like a, a roadrunner cartoon almost yeah where it is a, where there's a timeout and now let's chase each other again and i just think if if um Sandra O oh, doesn't value her life any more than this, then why should I? <laughs> yeah. You don't. So I think that the pleasure of the show is supposed to come out of them playing the game because clearly the, the pleasure of their existence comes out of their playing the game, right? And the dinner scene that you mentioned is, is a perfect example of that. Well, then, then I don't know who to root for because certainly... Mm. Villanelle is very attractive and funny and charming. And, you know, do I want to root for the psychopath? I don't really like to think of myself like that, but. (laughs) Yes, go on. (laughs) But. (laughs) Well, but I'm not, I'm not rooting for, for Eve Pulaski because I think she's a dumbass. It's Palastri, I should... Palastri, I'm sorry. (laughs) So you have no one to root for in this show. I have nobody to root for unless I want to root for the psychopath. And I don't. I don't want to root for her. I mean, she really is just killing people willy-nilly. And Yeah, she's um, not very nice, is she? No, she is not very nice. And I think that the the, um, black and white of her is... Her ability to kill and uh, how much she takes pride in that and, and, and really, you know, takes full credit for that. Very proud of what she does. Uh, I kind of like that, but not what she does. It's too much. Well, it's not just her ability to kill, right? It's her ability to kill and not be seen and not be detected. And that's... Which it gets absurd. Well, it does. It does. But that's, you know, it's part of her character. And it's an interesting contrast because she is quite stunning. And she she could be seen and noticed if she wanted to. And so it's this startling contrast where she, yes, as you say, she can charm her way into places and situations where she doesn't belong so that she can complete her kill but to me it's the contrast between her clear beauty on the screen and her invisibility in her in her actions you know what i mean that that right. that's what makes that character interesting and look i don't love the show i'll i'll say that i like okay. it i'm not in yeah. love with it i like it it's a little slow for me um yeah. but i do think that's the that's the intriguing part of this character is watching that contrast between this stunner who is invisible to most of the world, except to Eve. And this, you know, and this is what then draws them together because she wants to be seen, right? She wants to be appreciated in some respect. I don't, she's a psychopath, so who knows what she really wants, but she acts as if she wants to be found and seen, and you can understand why, because she's quite an extraordinary person. So here's yeah. Eve, who is trying to find her and see her. That's why it's so intoxicating, I think, to Villanelle. But she had her, she had her right in her kitchen. I wanted to see her be clever and smart in her own kitchen. And she let me down. Well, I think she wanted a season two. And there's my frustration. Yeah. There's my frustration. 
and and you'll see as it comes along now you don't know who to trust and who to mm. who to believe in and also i dislike when it makes me start um questioning the ability of you know she's in jail the villanelle character is in jail yep. and now that she's killing people in jail and i'm thinking how secure is that and you're worried for I, her I'm, safety i have enough paranoia going on <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah um and well not entirely actually what what are you getting at you are you worried about the safety of the prisoners i'm worried about the safety of me when the prisoners can just get out of jail like that because there's uh, you know there's a system and and 15 people end up dead and you know who's taking care of business here <laughs> you know who's keeping me safe right right that, that's what i worry about so you think the show would be improved by a better prison supervision and administration <laughs> you always twist these things you always twist these things no, i just... just don't want to feel unsafe i get I... it i get it i'm just teasing Yeah, you were you were very clear. I'm just making fun. You know, this uh, show was developed and written by Phoebe Waller Bridge, who, as you may remember, was the creator and star of Fleabag. Um, And we did that for the TV show. Right, Mom? The AV Club TV show. We talked about Fleabag. We loved it. Loved it. How could you not? Fleabag's an all timer. Guinea pigs and all. Yeah, guinea pigs and all. Uh, and I do think that you see some of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's um, authorial flair coming yeah. through. Um, but I'll be honest, not quite as much as I had hoped for. Yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's definitely there. Um, and really, at some point, offers you uh, a breath of fresh air that you need Yes, in this. Yeah, she creates little characters like uh, I loved the uh, Chinese attache, Chin, I think his name was, that she has dinner with. And he just can't decide whether he wants to do espionage or clumsily flirt. But he seems supremely confident in either mode. I just thought that she wrote that um, those exchanges. So they were they were really funny. They were good. They were very good. And and some things that. uh the assassin says that are cute, if you will. Yeah. That's the right word. There's things to be admired about it, but the big picture is getting a little murky. Okay. As, as happens frequently. And that's what's so disappointing about television writing to me. Expand on that. You know, you start off and it's, you know, nothing, nothing was made me get in front of the TV faster than Lost. The whole idea of figuring out what this was, is this death, is this real, are they on a beach, are they, you know, and then it just, then it just is like uh, throwing at a dartboard writing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with this this week. Okay. You know, but it's like, do they stop caring? Do they, does, what happens? Yeah. Well, I think with loss, they just didn't have a plan and just acted all along like they they did, you know, as far as the viewers were concerned, there was a logic logic behind all this. And in fact, no, they were figuring it out as they went along, which all TV shows do. But um, yeah, Lost didn't handle it too well uh, no. in, the, in the end, although it entertained us almost all the way For to the end. Time. Right. Yeah, it did. But but 
that's not fair. That's not the game we're playing. Yep. I understand. <laughs> the whole uh, a whole nation of uh, lost viewers understands what you're getting at. Absolutely. I think that Killing Eve is a little bit of a different situation in that I think they knew what direction they were going in all along, you know? Um, yeah. So it's not so, like, lost, which, um, you know, lost its way, but it's... Uh, it's more they're going in a direction that you're not quite as on board with that requires a greater suspension of disbelief than you expected going in. Right. That's right. Because to me, the satisfaction, you know, I feel like toast my cat. If I'm going to go after a mouse, then, Oh, here's the mouse. It's in my kitchen. I'm going to kill it. Right. Right. uh, Unlike, unlike Eve, Polastri, who has the rat in her kitchen, mm. mouse in her kitchen, and she feeds it dinner and lets it go. It's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, fair enough, Mom. What's your grade for Killing Eve? Uh, I'm going to give it a B minus. And I, I um, you know, other people might mm-hmm. enjoy it. I don't want to say their standards aren't. Well, they, their standards might not be the same as mine. Of course, everybody's coming at it from a different point of view, and you know the strange, this strange relationship between Villanelle and Eve may excite some people more than it excited you. It just went in a direction yeah. that you didn't love. Are you going to? Did you watch the whole season? Oh, I'm going to watch the whole. You're going to watch yeah, the I'm whole on, thing. I'm on episode five now, I think. And that's where on that's why we're on this side of the sea, then, right? B minus. Yeah. yeah. B, B minus. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's your recommendation for this week, Mom? My recommendation this week, oh, this is really a good read. It's called From the Corner of the Oval by Beck Dory Stein, Mm -hmm. and it is a memoir of her time under the Obama administration as a stenographer that every place he goes and speaks has to be transcribed you know, for the archives, and that is her job uh, on a team of people that do this. It's her story, her story of Washington and her encounters with the government and people. It's very entertaining, very well written. Sounds fun. Sort of a yeah. low, low level, not to impugn the work that she does, but sort of a no. lower level staffer, but in Correct. the highest circles of power. That often makes for a fascinating story. Yes, exactly. And I think... This this is just perfect for this time of year. It's interesting. It's it's not uh, untrue, and it has funny moments. And uh, I would just highly recommend this. All right, from the corner of the oval, Beck Dory Stein. You've been reading some fascinating books lately, Mom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me just remind people: slogan contest. Send your slogan. Hey, you don't have to think too hard about it. Spend 15 seconds thinking of a slogan for the podcast and then fire it off to popmomslogan at ological.net. That's the letter O, then the word logical.net. And uh, the prize is an advent calendar of marvelous pins from Johnny Cupcakes. And did we decide are there some run- mysterious runner-up prizes, Mom? Oh, yeah, I got lots okay, of Okay, so there will be runners-up. Uh, send us your slogan, popmomslogan at ological.net. Thanks for listening. Hey, can I ask you a favor? If you love the podcast this week, just tell one person about it. That's all I ask. We love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, Mom, I love you too, and I'll talk to you again next week in person. All right. Love you, Johnny. Bye for now. <laughs>